How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject. Um, if you're sensitive to subjects about religion, uh, you might just want to disregard this podcast. But I would be unfaithful to everyone if I wasn't able to share to them uh, why, like what my belief system is, uh, why I've landed here, and essentially... Uh, is there ever an opportunity for me to possibly change my mind? And so I want to start off by saying that, uh, you know, I, I this one is very problematic for me because I would have considered myself atheist for a long time. But let's say I'm a believer in the idea of the the hologram theory, uh, which essentially a lot of scientists are are big fans of, which essentially is this idea that we are living in in a simulated universe essentially this has been created by some it doesn't necessarily need to be someone that's super intelligent but someone that has the ability and a technology to make and simulate a world and a universe and whatever their purpose and means for doing that we'll never know um if i believe in that idea then this this concept of Am I an atheist, like in essence, thinking that the universe uh, was created in all pro- like in just an improbable way, but still with probability, and and we are just um, the result of just a lot of things that had to go the right way for us to occur. Um, you know, I'm not. I do not see how that could be very far-fetched when you think of the infinity of the universe and the 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 scope of time and the, sco- and the vastness of space the likelihood of life eventually existing in a, in a in a universe of pure death and entropy isn't beyond me to grasp that idea like i i, I can definitely see how that can be a reality in essence and how this universe you know Whatever its origin is and how it got here, whoever knows. I mean, that's the biggest mystery, of course, right? And, um, but I, 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 more so because of that idea, the fact that like the universe had to have some origin and then what put it there, what, what, why is it here and, and everything of that nature. And to have those arguments and the validity of those arguments means that there had to be some origination of this idea. And so that lends itself to the idea that there has to be someone that put the universe here. Um, and when I say here, I mean like in essence, like what we're in, uh, whatever this is, you know, whatever we recognize as, uh, as reality, that had to be put here by something uh, like it had to be. And so I don't really consider myself an atheist. And I think anyone that really uh, like considers themselves an atheist really needs to reflect on that idea really. And, and and a lot of people that um, are in favor of science want to immediately label themselves as an atheist as I had myself for a long time. I would say I probably left the atheist camp maybe like four years ago and I probably would have considered myself an actual atheist for maybe three years. And so, uh, to give my, my, by the way, before we get into any further of the discussion to give my, um, 
history with religion. Here it goes. From birth to, I want to say, no, older, sorry. Until like 15 years old, I was uh, Catholic. And then at my 15th age, so I went through... um, because I was uh, his, I'm Hispanic. My mom is is Catholic, and uh, it's the predominant religion in all of South America. It's the number one religion in the world. To be honest, it's probable that someone is a, like in a group of people. There's going to at least be one Catholic in there. Um, so I went through baptism. I went through my first communion, and uh, funny enough, I actually did those things at an older age when you're essentially supposed to do it at a younger age, but. Um, I, I never understood why that was delayed, but, um, anyways, so that, uh, I went through all of that, but then there was just something about the Catholic church. And I think the easiest way for me to portray why I was questioning it more so than anything else, I barely understood Catholicism. I really understood like the, the Bible and the teachings of the Bible. Um, and I didn't really understand the denominations of Christianity until I actually, went to a separate church of a friend because they were telling me like their, their Sunday school is actually really fun. And I was like, Oh, let me give it a try. And, uh, the church happened to be a Methodist church. And, uh, I went in and I was like, Oh my God, this is like way different. Like, uh, Catholicism is very structured, very boring. And it's all just teaching straight out of Bible. And I, you know, I enjoyed some of the teachings, but, it, it, I just wanted something more. I felt like so robotic in Catholicism and it was like something not for me, especially at a young age. It could be very difficult to grasp it, especially when like my mother didn't have a very strong foundation in Catholicism as well. She would consider herself a Catholic, but she wasn't like devout. It wasn't like every single Sunday we went and like we had to do like, you know, we had to celebrate Easter and Lent and everything like like how every Catholic did. So without that kind of background, it was easy for me to kind of sway. And then uh, one of the cool things, too, was that my mother told me that it's all right to challenge the perspective of your religion, um, because eventually through challenging it, you'll become closer with that religion. Uh, That ultimately didn't, (laughs) that did not happen for me. And so I started to question Catholicism, but not Christianity as a whole. I really did believe in the stories and the things of that nature and then um, became a, like went into Methodist uh, and like did that for like a year and a half. And then I had another friend that told me that like their, their church is like very, um, and at this point I'm like an older teenager. Like I'm at like, you know, I'm 17 about to be 18 and I'm just really, I'm just in search of answers. This is like a, a difficult point in my life where essentially, um, I felt like religion wasn't the place for me to get the answers and that there was something more than Christianity that had to be out there. And I, by that point, I understood that there were definitely different religions out there. There was, you know, uh, Islamic, uh, Jewish, uh, Buddhist, uh, Buddhism, by the way, is not a religion, but uh, like Hinduism. I Like at that point in my life, I'd met different people that had different beliefs and different schools of, of religion. And so at that point, I started to kind of ask myself, like, is Christianity really the truly like the the right religion, I guess it's like the, the best way to pr- put it. And so I tried one more school of, of Christianity. And at that point I started to understand that there were like different denominations of Christianity. And so I understood like Catholicism was just one branch, but like the most popular one, but Christianity was like the, 
And in itself, Christianity was just a, a school from Judaism that kind of just broke apart. Um, and so I, I tried uh, going to my friend's Baptist church, and actually, it was I enjoyed it because it was like a very, it was like a very communal uh, environment. Uh, everyone was like very loving and caring and and helpful, and everyone sang together, and it was like a different environment. Um, but it just wasn't for me. And I didn't, this friend wasn't that close of a friend. And, uh, I I became 18, finally got my first girlfriend. And then I kind of forgot about religion for a bit, right? Because I went through like a weird time period in my life between 18 and 21. I was more focused on my first and my first girlfriend ever in my life. And, um, I got sucked into that. Like, you know, imagine going for the average person, you're going to have at least some kind of dating life in grade school. I didn't. And so like when I finally had that at 18, like it was like a huge deal for me. Like for other people, that's not that big of a deal because they've gone through that in school. But for me, it was huge. Like I graduated high school never having a girlfriend. Well, actually, excuse me. Right before I finally graduated high school, I finally had a girlfriend. And so, uh, yeah, I it was like easy for me to kind of put all my focus into that. And then while I was with her though, I, um, I was working at this, uh, at this company. It was like a direct mail express company. That's what it was called DME. And, uh, I started off working, uh, printing. So the mailers that you get for like car companies and everything of that nature that goes through a, a company like the one I, I worked for. And they were actually the largest employer in the County I lived at in Florida and, um, my family had good connections with, uh, like a higher VP there. And so my mom got me a job there and I started off working for a really expensive printer. Like literally I was one of only three people qualified and trained to work on this, uh, this printer. I'm already forgetting it. It's a Zycon 9,000 or something like that. And, uh, essentially what made this printer so unique, like Xerox was like a, a big company for like printing and doing mass prints. But what made this company unique was that essentially, uh, other companies, you had to have like the right size of papers. And so like Xerox printers had to have like, you had to have every sheet of paper cut out and every, um, gloss like matte or gloss or whatever, you had to have all of those cut in different sizes and it became costly because you had to have all this in inventory and um, essentially whatever the job was that was going in, you would stack that paper in there and you would stack it like as if like you were stacking in a printer, like a laser printer and stack it into the machine. But we're talking about huge stacks of paper. We're talking like a thousand sheets and these printers were fast, but the other downside to them as well is that they didn't have a good ability to print on both sides. But the machine that I worked on worked on a different premise. It worked as a roll. So you would roll, we would get a forklift, pick up a massive roll. I mean, honestly, this thing was like half a ton of, of paper rolled up. And then you would buy, uh, all you would have to do is buy the rolls in different uh, mats. So you would buy matte, gloss, whatever. You didn't have to worry about the size because this machine, when you would put it through, would cut the sheets to the appropriate size for the marketing campaign, whatever it was. And, um, but what also made this machine very difficult is that you had to feed the lines that you had to feed the, the paper through multiple different rollers through the machine, through the center of the machine and out of, of the exit of the machine as well. And if that paper ripped for whatever reason, if there was like a slight tear or anything of that nature, splicing that paper back together was a very difficult job. And when you have 
like a job that's printing like, you know, 5,000, 10,000 sheets. And all of this is like got consumer information on it. And if something bad happens, if you got a misprint anywhere, like that could be the entire job and that's very costly. And so I worked in that position and then I, uh, because I was the newest hire there and, um, the other two people there were like really experienced. I had to work like the third shift. It was the only time in my life that I worked a third shift job, which was like coming in at midnight and working until like eight in the morning, like nine in the morning. But there was a guy while I was training with this, I like for this company, I was training during the afternoon. I was training with this guy really, I'm, I don't even remember his name, but just really brilliant guy, really nice, uh, big stocky, kind of chubbier type of guy. Um, and he was not religious and we got into a conversation about religion. And, uh, at this point I'm not practicing. I'm not, I, I don't even know what to consider myself denomination wise. And, uh, we get to talking about religion and he was like, told like, uh, he considered himself an atheist and he told me that essentially he didn't believe because what would his argument was like if if someone came down right now and told you that they were Jesus Christ right and they like did everything um in front of you to prove that they were Jesus um would you would you believe this person and and my argument was like well Jesus wouldn't do something like that he didn't do that in the bible even the devil tested him at one point and told him, like, if you're the son of God, you'll do these things to prove that you're the son of God. And he was like, I don't need to. I'm really simplifying the literature, by the way, in this podcast because it's pretty intensive. But essentially, he um, he resists the temptations of the devil. He knows exactly what he's trying to do. And he tells him that I don't I have no reason to prove myself to you or to anyone um, I just love my father and, 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 and that's it. And so, um, if my father wants this, then, then he wants this for me. And, um, but then he was like, you know, I wouldn't believe them and most people wouldn't believe them, you know, in, in theory, because, you know, you would probably label them as a crazy person or like a, a pretty amazing magician. He was like, how far, like, do you think it's too far fetched to think that like, 2000 years ago, someone that was like a really good, uh, converser that also knew magic could not sway people's perspectives by just being an effective communicator and being a good magician. And I was like, yeah, but I mean like some of the stuff in the, in the stories, but he was like, but how do you know that that stuff is legit? Like, how do you under, like, how do you understand that? Right. What is there any historical events that like concrete historical events that, you know, were left over by the Egyptians or people from Mesopotamia, you know, people from Jerusalem, you know. And I was like, at the time, there honestly, there wasn't too much archaeological evidence of, you know, Jesus's life or or of many of the stories to have exist as well, like the flooding. You would you would honestly think that there would be some ram like leftovers of that. And so we got into like multiple discussions about this. I don't know how we were like. Um, talk about these subjects, but it was very interesting and enjoyable. And after a while, I just started to question Christianity in general. And then finally, my first girlfriend, uh, we broke up uh, and I was an introvert. And I honestly, I didn't think that there was much value in my life. So I started to kind of 
sway away from religion. And at the time, my aunt was dating a person. They're married now, but my aunt was dating someone that was uh, he like read into Taoism and uh, he enjoyed philosophy a lot. And he we got to talking like man to man and I was telling him how depressed I was at the time because I felt like there was no purpose in my life. And, um, you know, I didn't know if there was like anyone else that would ever want to be with me and whatever, whatever. And he told me, he was like, why not just go into philosophy and like start to like go into like some philosophical literature and especially like Taoism and, and see if that helps you out and gives you an awakening. And at that point, it was easy for me to transition. Like I, I gave up on Christianity and I, I, at that point I was like, you know, this isn't for me and it hasn't really done me any, any service. And, and what is the meaning behind all of this? You know, this, the problem from a selfish perspective, it started off that way, but then I, I hold, like I thought of it in more of a outwardly perspective. And I was like, what is the message behind all the, the, the bad stuff that happens in this universe? Like that you couldn't just surmise from just teaching people that this is bad and this is good, right? Like, why would you have to claim or like lay evidence of 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 evil in this universe just so people can grasp that that's bad? Like, I, you could easily just teach people these things. Was my perspective uh, eventually, and so I got into philosophy, and then I I you know during that time period I got into the dating culture and the dating community, and if you want to understand that, uh, I would just reference earlier podcast I, I couldn't even tell you what number it is at this point actually i could look it up right now for you but like if you're really interested in that part of my story um i got involved into because at, at like i thought my validation and my my worth was uh, it, like involved women in my life and because i just didn't know any better like i just that was just my perspective and so i thought that any value that I could bring to this universe could only come from being a person that would be res- respected as a hard word to use, but be someone that is recognized by attractive women. And so I found a community that was all about that. And uh, man, I cannot believe how far back that was. That's so crazy. So it was um, looking to um, episode 31. Wow. <laughs> that's so funny that's so cute um <laughs> but yeah uh episode that was at a point when i was doing like one week talking about a specific subject so if you do like episode 31 to 38 that'll like go into my history and and everything of that nature about being in, in that but anyways i got sucked into that environment and so didn't have any time to really focus on anything about religion and then eventually um you know, I, I went through all of that and then became like a, a, a womanizer man and then uh, started dating my second girlfriend, had a serious relationship together. She was super religious. And at that point, she didn't really uh, respect the fact that I was not religious. And uh, that would be like one of the, the very few things that really divided us. Not few. There was quite a uh, quite a bit, but uh, we were very young at the time. But um but I, I just was not a religious person. And so we would always get into debates. And then as I got older, I started to try to find ways to, and I, that's when I considered myself an atheist was at that time period. So I would say I was like 20, 22, 23 when I finally became like a true atheist. And then I rode with that until I was probably like 28 or so. And then I started to kind of fall into this 
questioning like the or like the like the argument of atheism there had to be something out there that created this universe like i was talking about at the beginning but i i want to lay out the main reason and i'll end the podcast on on this note as to why i'm not a person that could ever see eye to eye with the with christianity just in general first off the basis and the history of why Christianity was created in the first place, if you understand that, you'll understand that Christianity was a, a, a school of Judaism, actually, that in itself wasn't its own unique thing. Back in the day, to become a Jew, uh, and I think it's still like this today, but to be considered a Jew, you couldn't just become a Jew. You couldn't just be a believer in Judaism. You had to inherit that as a genetic trait, like your parents, one of your parents had to be Jewish. And then that's how you would also become, um, that's also how you would be, uh, uh, if you wanted to by the followings and everything, be a Jewish individual. Well, Jesus, um, was, a, a you know, he was a Jew and he wanted to, to, one of his biggest things that when he created Christianity was essentially, allowing people to understand the teachings of the Judas the Judaism uh, uh, Judaism but allowing people to to become in uh, in uh, involved in that religion without having to have the physical aspect of, of you know or genetical aspect of, of being part Jew or full Jew whatever and so, uh, that's what made Christianity so popular because a lot of people uh, enjoyed the teachings, and Judaism was pretty popular back then. I mean, it was it was pretty involved, but uh, you just couldn't be in 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 it. So it was very isolated of a religion. It was weird, honestly. But then, Christ, like you know, Jesus and his disciples really promoted the message of of the teachings and of that God from Judaism. And essentially branched off so much so that eventually that school of of religion started to have its own individual denominations within itself. And to explain all of them would, would take an entire week of podcasts to talk about all of them. But why I, you know, that first is one of the reasons why I, I don't really respect it. But honestly, I don't, uh, I would never consider myself a, a Christian because um, I really considered God in the in in the Bible to be the worst father probably imaginable like um, or not the worst I mean there's clearly horrible fathers out there but like one of the worst fathers out there because my like my daughter for instance I like I don't consider myself the best father out there like I you know I've I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm going to make mistakes, but I know that everything I've done in my life in the past, everything I've learned, all the mistakes I've made, all the the horrible choices I've done and and the people that I've possibly hurt, the people that I haven't hurt, the people that I've 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 cared for, the people that I've I've involved in my life, all of those things have allowed me to understand a different perspective of life and I'm I'm glad that I've went through multiple different gradients of choice in life and i'd never followed just one congruent perspective of foundation or belief system like i've allowed myself to be very fluid um up to a point like my whole 20s was just really just trying to figure myself out 
and, and my teenage years as well. And now I understand more about myself, but you know, we're always still trying to figure out more about ourselves. But you know, when I, when I, honestly, when I reflect every, every so often, and this is very difficult because my wife is very religious and, um, but like my main argument sometimes when we go back and forth on this subject is that I really do consider, you know, God in the Bible to be like one of the worst, you know, fathers out there. And and the reason why I'm saying that is because when I think of myself, I think that, you know, once I had my daughter, I had an ultimate responsibility to teach my daughter everything that I've gone through and to prepare her for life, but in, in, in a positive way. And what to me positivity means is that to help her understand that life is short, she should do whatever it takes to make herself happy and pursue the things in her life that make her happy, to not allow people to dictate what that is for her and for her to figure out what that is in the pursuit of life and to just live life and eventually figure it out and and to be open to opinion, to um, to be open to love, to block out negativity and um, to be a very empowering person and then to share that with people as well and to pursue growth in life, whatever it is that she considers to be growth, but at no expense and of other people and essentially to, to be just a, a, the best person that she could ever become. And that's the message I want, I want to pass off to my daughter. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I, and I strengthfully hope that my daughter will grow up to be a million times better of a person than ever I ever will be because I know what I went through and I know that I never want my daughter to go through those things. So I want to give her a leg up, not through like uh, a monetary monetary perspective or um, like just a gifting perspective, but just through just sitting there and giving guidance and mentorship and just, you know, opening her eyes to just the world and, and to not put any dividers in front of her as best as possible. And so, um, I, because ultimately I, as a parent want my, I do want my daughter to have, I'm hopeful because I don't know what the future has in store for, for any of us, but I want my daughter to be way better of a person more, more than I ever will be. And when you look at the teachings of the Bible early on in the Old Testament, right? God, one, acts very childish. God is all over the place. Um, the New Testament is a little bit different. There's a lot of a lot of message and, 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 and love in the stories, at least from uh, Jesus' perspective. But then when you kind of get after like the passing of Jesus, it really gets pretty dark again. And in the Old Testament, and I've read the Bible. It's been a long time, but I have read it. Um, I've had, I own multiple Bibles. I honestly, a ton. And I enjoy coming from the standpoint where I understand the religion to some, I I feel like to some degree, I'm not an expert. I'm not someone that's studied Christianity forever, but I have an idea of the stories because I've read them and I interpreted them the way I, I feel like, um, what they, how they mean to me. And then I've gotten the teachings from other people and other influential people in my life as well. When I was younger, uh, who I would consider influential. But when you look at the Old Testament, um, you know, God is, is, a, is a horrible person, really. The worst. Because he, just in the first, in Genesis alone, right? God creates temptation. Why? 
right? When like when you think of God, you think that God is omnipotent, om, uh, like omniconscious, like literally every omni you can think of. Like he under he's everlasting. He uh, he's ever knowing. He knows every single thing, and so all of that stuff incorporated. He knows the future. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows everything, every choice, every opportunity, every creation. He is in control of everything because he is the creator, right? So if he understands this, why why create temptation in the first place for man? If he already knows what's going to happen, why create that temptation? Why not just create a universe of just of just good? Just why not just make this whole thing just a, a, a heaven? Why have to create this universe where you have to almost earn your way into this club and the only way you can earn your way into it is through a vague understanding of the Bible and, and to do your best to be a good person in a world where you are surrounded by temptation all the time and and then to always have this ability to kind of fall on the oh, well, Jesus died for my sins, so essentially I could just do whatever I want as long as I'm a believer in God and at the end of the day, understand the sacrifice that Jesus made, I'm good to go uh, as long as I don't commit some of the worst uh, uh, atrocities in the Bible. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Gucci. I'm going to make it up to heaven. That doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And then... um. Like he goes ahead and creates a temptation, right? He creates uh, the Garden of Eden, creates Adam. Then he instructs Adam to, um, you know, or not instructs Adam, but essentially takes a rib of Adam and then creates Eve. And then it just, it's very sexist as well, because like, why, why is, why did Eve have to become a derivative of a man, essentially? Like, why couldn't God just create both men and women at the same time? But it's like almost as if like he, First, he's like, you know, women are, are a part man, essentially. They've, they, part of them comes from a man. And then the, the person that essentially tempts Adam, right, is the bad person in the story. Obviously, it's the snake, the devil. But, you know, the one that commits the actual the crime in the story is a woman first, right? And then if you always look at the Old Testament, it's always women that get punished. Always. Like, look at the... Um, I mean, men do get punished as well, but it's like the bad, the bad, bad stuff tends to happen to women all the time. It's just so sexist. It's like really sexist. It's like, you know, as a woman, like reading the Old Testament, I would feel so bad for you to like be like, oh yeah, this is my story that I believe in this horrible God that acts like the worst. He acts like so childish. He he tell he points them like this is the the all knowing fruit right and tells them you are not allowed to eat that fruit you can eat anything else you can do whatever you want want in this garden but if you eat that fruit the fruit that essentially could possibly make you a god i will like you know just don't eat it right creates that level of temptation and then as a father, why would you not want your children to become gods themselves? Like, why would you not want them to become a better version of yourself? Why would you, like, prohibit them from ever achieving any of these goals? And the whole, like, all of the stories essentially are like that in the Old Testament, right? Like, you know, Eve eats the fruit and then shares it with Adam and then they, they eat it together. 
And then God finds out and finds out like and tells him like, you know, you you ate from the forbidden tree and now I have to banish you from here. And now they have to uh, they feel disgusting when they get banished. And so that's how the clothing became a thing because they didn't feel comfortable being naked anymore. Um, And murder happened within their children. And it just like it's it's such a it starts off so dark. It's like horrible. Like and it's. And then it goes from that and then it gets in, like even darker. Like essentially like then you get into the story of the Tower of Babel where the people of uh, of Babel wanted to create a tower that led to heaven. And so they wanted to build a tower super high that could get them to heaven. And God knows that there was absolutely no way they could ever build up to heaven. But because of the fact that they wanted to get to heaven, he chose to punish them. The one place where everyone wants to go, right? Because it's it's sold as paradise. And because these people wanted to get there by a means outside of just following some vague rule that God created, essentially, um, he was like, no, I'm going to punish you people for wanting to go to paradise, essentially. Like, you'll never be a part of my home world and just punish them for that and, pun- and created language. And that's how language was created, right? And... Some people will argue like you can't take the literal like interpretation of of these stories. But even if you were to like try to take a message out of it and not take it literally, it's pretty dark. It really like the the whole Old Testament is so evil. It is like God is like an a, like a kid with a magnifying glass, like really wanting to just tempt tempt man and 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 woman and just cause as much bodily harm to people as possible. Like I mean. And then finally, like when it must, and it was probably one of the reasons why that religion wasn't being picked up so much. But then like Jesus came in and was like, oh, but like this God is actually a good God. And, um, you know, you need to understand the teachings and understand the, the ultimate message, which is love. And, you know, if you want to follow that, then, then by all means, it's, it's good, but you don't need Christianity to, to teach you to be a good person. I don't, I don't need and that's the crazy thing too, that like, because of the fact that I, I want to do good and I want to be as good of a person as possible and help other people and, and raise my daughter in the right way and show her love and, and show her the world. But if I were to withhold the information of God and, 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 and tell her not to believe that would be an immediate ticket for both of us in theory to go to hell, you could live a perfect life. But because of the fact that you just chose not to believe you're going to hell, that that is the craziest idea ever to me. And it doesn't make any sense. And so for a lot of those reasons that I, I just brought up, I, I just could not believe a believer. And if there was a, like a perspective where I think I could become an ultimate believer in it, if it wasn't for like this other ideas that I have about like how we came here and what purpose is and and why we're here. Uh, Buddhism would definitely be it, but it in itself, it's not a religion. It's a more of a philosophical perspective. It's like a pseudo religion almost, but it's really beautiful in theory. It's like, it's the, the message is to, to stop caring for oneself and instead just care for the universe and like care for all everything. Like, I think it's a beautiful message. It's more beautiful than like, anything you'll ever get from the the Bible in, in theory. And I haven't had a chance to read the, the Quran or um, the Torah, 
But I mean, I understand like the Torah is essentially the Old Testament, so there's no need to go there. And, um, and the Quran, like, I mean, I don't know. I like, I need to spend time reading that. I need to find an English interpretation of it so I can say finally that, uh, like those two religions, I understand their their teachings as well. And then Hinduism, but that's that's a wild one as well. But yeah, I just I you know I can't subscribe to any of them because they all sound like as if they're written by people. Like they're all sound like they're written by, like they're they can't be more crazier than Scientology in, in essence. Like Scientology is pretty insane. Sounds crazy, but if you were a person that wasn't religious and you got like if you were an alien and came down to Earth and someone tried to explain to you the story of, of like Christianity or or any other religion, they would look at you and be like, "What are you talking about?" And so, anyways, on a note, I just uh, I felt like today was the day that I had to share this with you. I don't assume any of you guys are going to respect me for it, but ultimately. You know, it's like this is the world that we live in. You have to respect people for for where they stand with with their perspectives on things. And um, yeah, that's that's my two cents on why I'm not essentially uh, a Christian and why I don't really fall into any kind of traditional religious perspective, and also why I don't consider myself an atheist. I guess at that point, you would you would say that I'm agnostic, searching for the Creator. Um. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast and I'll catch you guys manana. Peace.